Welcome to another inspirational message from Shoreline City. All right, church family, we ready for a great day today? I am so excited about today. Thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. Hey, we got some friends that are watching alive online right now, Charles and Melissa. Give them a big old round of applause if you wouldn't mind. They're actually in the hospital uh, right now, uh, their baby. Uh, they were, we were wondering uh, if they were going to have to deliver their baby early. Uh, baby is 29 and a half weeks, uh, so we're trusting that the little baby stays in there and cooks a little bit longer. Uh, but I got to talk to them on the phone last night, and they said, hey, we'll be watching online. So I said, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. We're in your corner, 1,010%. Want to make sure we're a family that stays close-knit with each other, for each other, has each other's backs, uh, even in the most difficult times, and when we're on the top of the mountains as well. Um, hey, this church, it's been beautiful to see what God has done over these six years. I'm still blown away. Uh, I like to say it's because of me, but I honestly believe it's in spite of me uh, that God has done all he has done. We have a great team uh, around us, and so many folks that keep on coming in and jumping on this journey uh, with us. Uh, so I was uh, talking to somebody earlier this week, and they said something, they were referring to something somebody else said. Hey, uh, somebody said to me, I remember when our church was 200 people, and man, I just really miss it, and I just kind of wish that we're kind of back to, you know, when we were 200, it was so intimate, and I just hate that. I don't like that language. I don't like that mindset. I don't like that posture. I don't like that talk at all for a bunch of reasons. Number one, Anytime somebody says that, they usually pick a number of when they came to the church. They never pick when it was smaller than when they got there. I like when it's 200 because that's kind of when I came and I kind of like it. Well, I wish, what about the people when it was 50 would have thought the same thing? And you weren't there yet. Then you never would have gotten to experience what God is doing in your heart and your life. I don't, I want to make sure we dream as big as we possibly can, touch as many lives as God calls us to touch, go as far as He wants us to go. I have no goals like, oh, when we reach some certain number, then now we have arrived. No, I think there's probably one more person in our community going to hell, somebody else who's living hell. And if there's at least one more, then you and I need to be the hands and feet of Jesus to reach every single person that's out there. There. That's our mindset. The attendance does not validate me. The cross already did that, okay? So the cross is my validation. That's your validation. Now we're here taking territory that Jesus already bought for every single one of us, and the enemy has occupied some camp. We're saying, nope, that's not yours. Sorry. Jesus already bought every man, every woman, every son, every daughter, and we're here bringing them back to who God has called them to be. What an honor and a gift it is to be on this journey together. Um, in line with that, we're actually going to be adding a whole nother service here at the White Rock campus as well. And I'm excited about this. We are adding it. Uh, it's going to start next week. So it's coming quick. We're making a change. Just going. Boom. Boom. Next week. Next week. So more room for more folks so you don't have to see cheek to cheek. 8.45, 10 o'clock, 11.30, and 12.45. So uh, you get to choose which one you would like to come to, uh, but also think about the people in your world that you can now invite. Uh, I, I am praying that we have to ra we raise up so many leaders that we can facilitate as many services as we possibly can so we can send as many people out to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we possibly can. I know God has a plan and an agenda. 
agenda for your life, for this church and all of us together. And I'm just honored uh, to be a part of it. So that's next week. So if you show up at 11.55, wait, what am I talking about? If you show up at 12.15, like a lot of us do, <laughs> Jesus still loves you, you're here. Um, You'll, you'll be in between uh, one, one of those service times. So that, that is uh, next week. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse number 15, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are beginning a series uh, today. I think it will end up being three parts. Who knows? But at least three parts called Sola. Sola. And today, the title of today's message is Airflow. Airflow. Uh, we have a, a great team uh, here at the church, as I was mentioning. I mean, what God has been doing uh, with this church, I think about our serve team, and I just feel like they're the best serve team on the entire planet. Uh, yeah, you can clap for sure. People show up early, stay late, uh, open up their homes, go to coffee shops, make phone calls, pray prayers. I mean, it's been phenomenal to see all the people that have jumped on the journey. If you ever see someone that has a shirt that says the future starts here, that means they're serving somewhere in our next generation. They're either uh, at security, kids security or kids check-in or in, their, in our bigs uh, serving the next generation of leaders. Uh, so all these folks, we have so, so, so many. Uh, and we're looking for more as God continues to open up uh, more jars, if you will, for us to reach more people. But one of the folks that, that's on the team, her name is Casey. And, and, and Casey was telling me uh, a story. Uh, she went out to eat with some individuals. Uh, this is here in Dallas. Went out to eat. And Casey is a nurse, by the way. So uh, go out to eat and uh, having a great meal, having a wonderful time. And a little girl next to her begins to choke. Okay? The mom's face is filled with terror like it ought to be. This little girl has something stuck in her throat. How I remember the story, or how I heard it, is Casey does a front flip, a one-hand cartwheel, okay, which I could do right now if I did not think it would be inappropriate. I can't do a one-hand cartwheel. And then puts on a super suit, lands at the table with the little girl, grabs the girl, Heimlich, out pops some chicken or a grape or something like that. The mom's crying. The little girl can now breathe. Everyone is applauding. Casey Stokes is a modern-day superhero. There's no doubt about that. And she's in our church. So if, if you're ever choking on chicken, you're safe here. Just so you know, you're safe. The problem the little girl was having was not there was not breath around her. There's plenty of breath around her. Her problem was with her airflow. 
The problem was that the breath was obstructed. And I feel like we're living in a day where the breath is being obstructed. We read in this passage of Scripture that all Scripture is God breathed. We read here that all Scripture is God breathed. There's not a lack of breath. But there's plenty of things trying to obstruct the breath. Plenty of things trying to diminish the breath. Plenty of things trying to discount the breath. Plenty of critics that are saying, hey, you don't need the Bible. Why need the Bible anymore? The Bible's archaic. The Bible is old. The Bible is irrelevant. The Bible, you don't need the Bible anymore. We have evolved past the scriptures. And all the critics have been saying that for years and years and years. And all those critics have died and gone. And God is still on his throne. And the word of God is still standing even in face of all of the critics. What you and I hold on to here is... Breath. The Word of God, the Scriptures, they're God breathed. I, 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 I'm so, so thankful, but, but let, let's look at this. Let's look at this word God breathed for a second. It's actually a made up word, okay? Uh, the Apostle Paul, you don't find it anywhere else in the New Testament. He just kind of came up with his own term. Uh, Theo, Greek scholars will know this uh, better than me, but you see, you see the word here, theonuopstos-ish. Two words, two words. The theo and the nuo. God breathed out. Apostle Paul's trying to figure out how do I say it? How do I describe the scriptures? How do I describe them? How do I describe them? How do I describe them? Hmm, what do I say? What do I say about the scriptures? Oh, the scriptures. Uh, God, God, God took a breath in. And then God, God breathed out. This is what you and I hold in our hand today. And how flippant. Have we become with what God breathed? It's because we have so much access, I think. It's gotten so familiar. We can have it on our phones. We can have multiple copies in our house. We pull out the little drawer and we see the Gideons left us one at the hotel as well. They are everywhere. And because they are everywhere, it's like they begin to lose their value. It's kind of like when you and I complain about not knowing which restaurant to go to. Ugh. I don't, I don't know where we're going to go eat tonight. Oh, my God. Oh. Do we go to Breadwinners? Do we go to Spiral Diner? Because I'm vegan, so we go to Spiral Diner. Do uh, I'm not actually vegan. I'm just talking like some of you might be. Give me some meat immediately. Kill the fatted calf. It is in Scripture, Luke chapter 15. When the son came home, Lord, I was lost, now I'm found. Kill that thing, Lord, and I want to eat it. Do I, do I go eat at Papa Brothers? Where, where, where do I go? Where do I go? Oh, I'm just so aggravated. We can never figure out where we're going to go eat. 
options. So many options. Now, you and I are frustrated and upset that we have a place where we can go, be safe and sound. Someone will wait on us, take our order, and bring our food back to us prepared how we ask, well, hopefully, how we ask for it to be prepared. Ugh. Ugh. I got to read. So boring. So, yep, pick it up. Answer it. (laughs) It's the Lord calling you. (laughs) We got some, when, when a prisoner has been in captivity for a long time and they get out, you don't find them. Hating freedom. Being annoyed with freedom. When someone's been homeless for a while and they finally get a home, you don't find them being annoyed with the roof that's over their head. I, I see even uh, Holly Moon sitting in our front row. She's actually, she helps us if you, when you jump on to go to Welcome the Shoreline, which we're going to be transforming the name here in a little bit. And she's the one that's going to help you make sure you get through this whole track, this growth track that we're going to have. I remember sitting down with Holly uh, during our interview going, Holly, why are you so passionate about this church and Jesus? Why are you so passionate? Why, like, you are just, like, in this thing? She goes, because I remember not having this. Her father was a pastor. And I won't share all of her story and all the things that she walked through in her family. But now that she has this and a healthy church, not a perfect church, but a healthy church, she's like, I'm not letting somebody take this from me. Because she knows what it's like not to have it. See, we don't know what it's like not to have it. We've always had access. It's always been easy for us. We can Google this. Well, those of us who are old, there wasn't always a time we could Google. Some of us remember Encyclopedia Britannica. But, but, but nowadays, nowadays, you, you, you can have this on your phone. You can have multiple copies in your house. And I'm just a little bit concerned. I'm a little bit concerned that we're taking this right here and becoming flippant with it when it is God-breathed. Along. A long time ago, um, I was a lifeguard, and uh, see, some of you are surprised by that. You have some stereotypes in your brain about black people. <laughs> I can swim, y'all, okay? And I'm a good swimmer, all right? Not as good as Rayma. She was a rescue swimmer in the Navy, but if you're in a pool, I got you, okay? I've got you. Well, anyway, uh, they, they taught us CPR. And not only do you have the compressions, but you also have to tilt the person's head back properly so that you open up the airflow, the air passage. So when you do mouth-to-mouth, when you put your mouth on their mouth and close their nostrils, you breathe in, your breath goes into them. You can see their chest actually go up because your breath went into them. This mouth-to-mouth here, I, I'm giving my breath for you. You actually, if their mouth is somehow injured, you actually can do mouth-to-nose resuscitation as well. And I know it might sound gross to you, but in the life-or-death situation, that's not gross at all. You do what you need to do, and you take your mouth, you put it on their nostrils, and you, two breaths. 
breathe in reminds me, Genesis chapter 2, verse, seven, verse number 7. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into the man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Here in the beginning, we see God's breath. And when the apostle Paul is trying to figure out what do I call scripture, he again alludes to breath, uh, connecting the dots that there's a life here. It's, it's alive. It's moving. It's organic. It's, it's, it's not stagnant here. There, there's something to it. There's something that can take you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. Something can fill you when his breath fills you. With that being said, understand that the Bible is not to be worshipped. Okay? It's not. There's not like four in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Bible. It's not accurate. But what the Bible does is the Bible informs our worship. We go here and we discover what does it mean. Who is this God and who are we in connection to this God? And these 40-some-odd authors over 1,600 years keep writing this same theme that the world was broken and fragmented and God loved the world and he put skin on and came into this world and he died for all of humanity, redeeming the world back to himself from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Scarlet thread of redemption. All these different authors. Many did not know each other. Inspired. Be inspired. The, the breath of God. So all scripture is God breathed. Okay, All scripture is God breathed. And then the Bible tells us this. It tells us that it's useful. It's profitable for a few things. For teaching. For rebuking, <laughs> uh-oh, for correcting, no, 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 not, not correct, and for training. The Bible, the scriptures, they're useful for all of these things. For teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training. I love to sing, okay. We're here, we got our worship team. We, I love to sing. We, we try, I try to sing as much as possible, okay. I'm not a good singer, but I like to sing in the shower. I'll kill all y'all. In the shower, I'm so good. <laughs> I mean, I, in the shower, it just, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So I love to sing. We do not need to diminish singing. But I'm, 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 I'm afraid that in our generation, we are so okay with singing and not okay with Scripture. And I don't like that, okay? I don't like that. I don't like that we're now elevating something and now this is like somehow becoming some type of a God. No, worship, worship when it's done right actually comes from this Scripture here and directs us back to the one who should get all the worth in the first place. So I, I, don't need, I don't need to diminish worship. I don't want to diminish our singing. I love that we sing. But you can get some stuff from Scripture that you don't get from singing. Okay? Because when you open up the Scriptures, you read something like, oh, any, oh, if a man looks on a woman lustfully, he's committed adultery in his heart. You can't sing that, church. <laughs> it doesn't flow right, okay? It doesn't flow. By your spirit I will rise. Keep your eyes off of her behind. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. 
You can't, you can't sing that, okay? The songs we sing are reminding us of the worth and the value and who God is. We're, we're pointing our hearts, reminding ourselves that he's king and Lord. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Worship is not even about you. It's not about me. It's not about how we feel. It's about him and his awesomeness and his authority and his glory. It's about all of those things. And then we get to come to the scriptures and our lives get to be trained, corrected rebuked, taught, that's selfish. Scriptures, <laughs> show you that. That's prideful. Scriptures teach you that. Now you're making that about you, but it's supposed to be about him. Scriptures inform that. The worship man opens up our heart, opens up our heart, opens up our heart, and then God gets in there with his word. So it's doing a work in us. The scriptures, they are, they're useful, they're profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training. We're, we're about to launch uh, Connect Groups here in uh, just a couple weeks. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait, can't wait. We love to do life together. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a context in which we are really able to grow in beautiful ways of being in community with other people. I was hearing uh, from one of our leaders, one of our Connect Group leaders last week, Dave Henderson, was talking about how he's in this group. And this group, particular group is going through essentially the gospel of Mark. And, and as they're walking through it, there's a question about, you know, how... Essentially, all in are you in your, in your walk with Jesus, five being the most all in or fully all in, and one being, oh, barely all in. He was looking at himself going, I, I want to be a five. I'm not a five. Uh, I don't think I'm a one. Where am I? But it's in the context of community. So when you read scriptures like, take up your cross daily and follow me, you go, hmm, where am I? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, not because God is mad, but because God is good. What father, Hebrews tells us, does not discipline his son or his daughter? Any father who will not discipline actually does not love. So you see those parents like, hey, do whatever you want to do. Think however you want to think. Go wherever you want to go. Um, I get the free parenting, but that's a little bit too free. You better tell your kid where to go, how to go, wh what to do, what not to do. Because if not, they'll be left to their own devices and be going all over the place. What we need is some teaching. Don't touch that. You can touch it if you want to. Trust me, it's going to burn you. Ah! Told you don't touch. I love you. I love you. You're still my son or my daughter. Don't touch that. It's not because I, I want to keep something from you. It's because I want something for you. That's why I'm trying to discipline you right here. That, that's why I'm trying to train you right here. If our last series, Relationship Goals, was incredibly practical, which it was, and I, I was touched in amazing ways. This series here, this solar series, is about you and I getting underneath the surface and allowing the roots of our faith in God to grow incredibly deep. Uh, the, the title of this series comes from the Reformation. Those of you in here who are familiar with this or remember any of this from school in the 16th century, uh, a reformation, a, a change happened, a cultural, a political, and definitely a religious change took place. 
led by a number of individuals, Martha, Martin Luther uh, definitely being at the forefront of a lot of things, John Calvin and other individuals that were a part of this transformation. They were looking at the way the church was going, the way the Catholic church had set up things, and they went, mm-mm, this doesn't seem right. Why am I paying indulgences to adjust my time in purgatory? What, what, where's that in the scripture? Why, why can't I go to God for myself? Why do I have to have you talk to God for me? Because when I read the scripture, it tells me that Jesus has become my priest. And since Jesus is my priest, that means he's now the one making intercession for me. And I can connect with him. Now I, have, I can come by a new and living way. That's what I read in scripture. So now they, they, they started going, uh-uh, uh-uh, something's wrong here. Birthed out of this were the five solas of the Reformation. Sola Scriptura. Sola means alone. Scripture alone. Grace alone. Faith alone. Jesus alone. To the glory of God alone. Trying to paint a picture for us. If we're going to boil it all down, here's how we can boil it down. And what we're doing here today is we're focusing in on this scripture alone piece. So we don't take the word of God, the breath of God, if you will, and discount it and set it aside just for praying and just for singing. The word is the thing that informs how we sing and how we pray. It actually boosts your singing and boosts your prayer life. It brings you closer to the heart of God. Uh, look, look with me. Uh, uh, last thing, last thing, last thing. Okay, equipped, equipped, equipped for every good work. 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 Don't you want to do something good with your life? <laughs> I mean, none of us in here just want to exist. Like, I live, I die. I take up some space in the ground. I want to make a bunch of money, spend it all on me, and then leave. No. You, you want to do something. You want to do something good with your life. You want your life to count for something. I want the same for mine. I don't want to be someone that makes no impact, has, makes no mark, makes no change in my generation. I, I want to make sure that my whole life is spent for the cause of Jesus Christ. Here, the scriptures, they equip you for every good work. The good work is not just on the mission field either. I love the mission field, okay. We're going on missions this year. We're taking three trips, okay. We're going to Kenya. We're going to Guatemala. And we're going to Puerto Rico. I'm so excited. We're going to be helping the hurricane victims. going to be helping kids. I mean, we're going to orphans. We're going to be doing all of that stuff. I love it, but I don't want you and I thinking the good work is just over there on the other side of the world. The good work is in your apartment. The good work is in your home. The good work is with your kids. The good work is with your, your roommate. The good work is with your friends that are in your world. The good work is is at your gym. I don't want us having some huddle on Sundays because we're afraid of the big bad world and now it's, I'm dreading going out. No, we're trying to teach you scripture so that you can go into the world and be the hands and feet of Jesus and do the good work everywhere you go. So here for you and I, I want us to be trained, equipped. I was talking to uh, a, a, a 
the wife, actually, uh, she came up to me, or, or they're about to be married, the fiance. She came up to me, uh, tears in her eyes. She's just so passionate about the church, and she wanted to say thank you to me, which is always incredibly humbling, because again, I recognize this is not about me at all. This is the grace of God that has allowed any lives to be impacted and touched. And what a great team we have as well. So I'm just, you know, incredibly humbled. And she's telling me about her husband, her soon-to-be husband, who uh, is in the military, in the Air Force, actually. And he is going to be a pilot, and they're on their way to North Carolina because he has to get training on what it means to be a POW, a prisoner of war. So he's got like a month and a half long training where this is going to equip him. If your plane ever goes down, this is what you need to expect and this is what you need to be ready for. And I was like, man, thank you for serving our country. Thank you so much. And she was smiling. I'm like, girl, you're crazy. So here, what I was thankful for <laughs> and her husband. Here, our military is thinking, I, I, I got to equip you. I didn't get you trained for the work that we have for you. So the same is true for you being a follower of Jesus. You got to be trained and equipped. You got to get ready. If you ever find yourself in a prison, you're like, how did I end up here? You got to be reminded that you were never designed to be a prisoner, that Jesus Christ came to set the prisoners free. You got to be reminded of who God says you are in the moments when you feel like all hell is breaking loose all around you. But the scriptures teach you this. Equip you for every good work. Equip you on what it means to be a father. Equip you on what it means to be a mother. Equip you for what it means to be an entrepreneur. Equip you for what it means to be a servant. Equip you for what it means to be a man. Equip you for what it means to be a woman. You don't have to look at culture to learn what it means to be a man. You don't have to look at culture to learn what it means to be a woman. You can look at the scriptures here and they can inform you to get you ready. Equip you for every good work. Okay, go with me now to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I'm going to land this plane. I'm going to land this plane. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Okay, great. Verse number 1. You guys still with me? Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Go with me for a moment to Luke chapter 3. Okay, that was Luke 4. Go with me to Luke chapter 3. Just one flick of your finger if you're on your phone, one turn of the page if you have your Bible. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Again, good reason for you to be baptized. Jesus did it. Outward expression of an inward transformation. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son. Whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Do you see that God here announces to Jesus, you are my son. In Luke chapter 4, when the devil comes to tempt Jesus, he says to him, you can put the scripture on the screen again, if you are 
the Son. God tells Jesus who he is, and the enemy comes over here and begins to question who Jesus is. God here makes Jesus' identity clear. The devil comes over here and tries to make his identity unclear. God here establishes his identity. G, uh, the, the devil over here comes to try to shake his identity. When Jesus is confronted with these words of the devil, what does he do with that? He says, it is written. And he quotes scripture. He quotes scripture. What do you do? <laughs> When the enemy comes at you and tries to tell you something that's different than what God said about you. Because God said you're called. But the devil comes over here and says, if you're called. God says you're loved. But the enemy will say, well, if you're loved, then would God have allowed that to happen? God says you're forgiven. But the enemy over here says if you were forgiven, you wouldn't be struggling with that anymore. God says you're free, but the enemy says, oh, you can't be free. Because look, it went through your mother, went through your father, went through your grandfather, went through your grandmother. You can't be free. It, it, it's been, it happened to Jesus. It happens to us as well. And what do we do? Grab our phones. Hey, girl. You busy? Want to come over? Hey, hey, hey Bruno. I like that name. Hey, Bruno, uh, I know it's 2.30 in the morning, but I need to move my couch. You want to come over and help me move my couch? 2.30 <laughs> in the morning? We are quick to run to people. Uh, uh, my, my identity is being questioned. My identity is being questioned. My identity is being questioned. I know what I'll do. I'll run to pride. My identity is being questioned. I don't know what I'll do. I'll run to work. Uh, my identity is being questioned. I know what I'll do. I'll run to studying a whole bunch. Of, my identity is being questioned. I know what I'll do. I'll exercise a whole bunch more. My, I'm being questioned by the devil. I know what I'll do is I'm going to grab some bluebell ice cream and just eat a whole bunch of it because that right there, that will take away all of the shame, all of the guilt. All, and I appreciate bluebell ice cream and I encourage you to work and I encourage you to study. And it's great to have friends in your life. But at the end of the day, you and I have to be okay saying it is written. We have to do what Jesus did. I'm all for us venting. I'm all for us talking. I'm all for us dealing with things. I'm all for us expressing emotion. All of that stuff is wonderful. But at the end of the day, if you and I have not gone back to the book and find out, and, and we, don't, we do not find out what God says about our given situation, you and I are missing it. It is written. 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 This is how Jesus combat it, the enemy. Uh, whenever, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go here too. Whenever uh, you're feeling like insecure, uh, let me talk to God. You know, even ladies nowadays, pornography is running rampant. Okay, it's running rampant. You don't have to get uncomfortable. I don't know that it's you. Okay, so if you, get, if you start getting red, then I know it's you. Okay, so stay cool. <laughs> now I know it's you. Okay. 
But now everybody's laughing, so we're all red and different shades, so now it's all good. Okay, so breathe easy. When you and I are feeling like, oh, I'm not valued, I'm not loved, too many of us, it's too quick to go over here to these people who aren't real to us, and they won't ever say no to us, and they do for us what we want them to do for us when we want them to do for us, and they don't have to do dishes, they don't have to pay bills, and they don't have to be tired, they don't have to do it, that at the click of a button, they will do what we tell them to do at any given point in time, and every time I talk to somebody after they've gone through that, they always feel worse for it, so what the enemy will do is he will make you question your identity and then lead you to something that will make you feel shameful for you trying to fix what he made you guilty, feel guilty for in the first place. It is a terrible cycle, but the enemy's been doing it forever. But the scriptures teach us. It's written, it's written, it's written, it's written, it's written. I'm not going to go over here and get from these fake people. But I was designed to get from a real Savior and the beautiful people that he's brought into my life. It is written. It is written. It is written. Uh, you, you can read the rest of it uh, later. Read the rest of Luke chapter 4 because three times Jesus has his back and forth with the devil. The second time, the devil says, hey, all this stuff is mine. It's given to me. I can give it to anybody I want to. You can have it. All you got to do is worship me. Jesus says, mm -mm. it is written. You only worship the Lord your God. That's all you worship. He pulled scripture on it again. The enemy was trying to give him a shortcut to his destiny. Hey, hey, you're called. You're called. Hey, go about it this way. Go, just do it this way. Hey, it's fine. You don't have to go through the cross. Do it this way. It is written, Jesus says. Quote scripture once again. Then the enemy begins to throw scripture back at Jesus. <laughs> Read it. It's crazy. You would think like he would blow up or something, right? He's quoting scripture. Oh, my goodness. So we, we grab the Bible, right? And we're like, oh, I got the Bible. Doesn't really work like that. <laughs> enemy starts quoting scripture. This is why you got to be careful nowadays, church. I'm trying to get you ready, okay? I'm trying to get you ready because nowadays if it feels good and it's nice, then we think that it's Jesus. But everything that feels good and nice is not Jesus. Some things are not Christ-centered. They're you-centered, okay? And a gospel and a message that is all about you is not the gospel at all because the gospel is about him. So be careful of stuff that just tickles your ears, makes you feel real good. That does not mean if it, if it feels good that it's not God, okay? Because some things, God loves you. He's your father, okay? You don't have to run from good because it's like, oh, it's good. It can't be God. No, that's not true either. It's not true either. What I'm talking about is us being informed. What do the scriptures actually say? Because all roads do not lead to heaven. They don't. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
And he came and put his arms upon this cross because he loves humanity, not because he's mad at the world, but because he loves the world so much. So that love's got to get on the inside of us, and we got to share it with every single person that we meet. That's why you and I are here this week, and that's why we're in our Bibles. That's why we're on our knees. That's why we're living lives of surrender. That's why we're allowing God to shape us and change us and mold us and make us is because we just want to be the best light we possibly can to all of hurting humanity. So when they look at us, they'll think about him. It is written. I'm all done here, but I got, I got this piece of paper, okay? And on it, I got a whole bunch of verses. I'm reading all of them. All of them. Because in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, it says the word of God. The word of God is alive and active. I like this. The word of God is alive and active. It's alive. Um, I got a two-year-old. She's alive <laughs> and active. My seven-year-old, oh, my goodness, alive and active. Daddy, you want to go? Daddy, you want to play catch? 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 I'm trying to work, finish my sermon up yesterday, just kind of get some final tweaks on it. Daddy, you want to play catch? Daddy, you want to play catch? Daddy, you wanna... I said, Grayson, do I do that to you when you're playing the iPad? And it was not the godliest thing to say in that moment because my son just wanted to connect with me. We went outside to play catch, but it's... <laughs> I don't want to disrespect the word of God, but I want you to see that it's alive. It's active. Come on, play with me. Come on, play with me. Come on, play with me. Come on, interact with me. Come on, interact with me. Come on, move with me. Come on, play catch with me. Okay, I got something for you, and you got something for me, and I want to show you something, and I want you to show me something. It's alive. It's active. It's moving. It's not dead and dormant. You're not just kind of throwing it at a wall. Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It can get into the parts of you that you don't want anybody else to get into. <laughs> Starts dealing with your motives. Why are you serving? Why are you giving? Why are you loving? Why are you helping? What things do I do out of fear and not out of faith? Let's feel like the word gets in there on me on that. Because I, I got lies that the enemy throws at me too. Lies that he throws at me. You've had a good six years. Will you be here 66 years? Your church, is, your church could be one of those flash-in-the-pan churches. It's good for a little while, then it's gone. Nobody even thinks about it anymore. No more lies impact. Lies. And God said, <laughs> he who began a good work in you was faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So I got, I got to keep holding on to his word, his word, his word, his word. So if somebody you care about, somebody you care about, somebody you love, or maybe it's you, yourself, the battling fear. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It is written with anxiety, come to me all you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. It is written with you have concerns, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You're confused about which way to go. Should you take the job? Should you not take the job? Yeah, take a picture of the screen. You're fine uh, to do that. Uh, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be, may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Depressed, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Experiencing a loss, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. You're overwhelmed. I can do all this through him, through Christ who gives me strength. You need provision in your life. There is a promise for that as well. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake dealing with anger, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Dealing with disappointment, trust in Him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. It is written. It is written. Loneliness. Can a mother forget the baby that she's nursing and have no compassion on the child she has born? Maybe some mother might forget, but I will never forget you. You need encouragement, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your Lord. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Of purpose, the Lord will vindicate me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. You will not abandon the work of your hands. You dealing with failure, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Maybe you or somebody you care about is dealing with suicide. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Maybe you're dealing with sickness, physical or spiritual. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Maybe lust is a a struggle of yours. Uh, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Maybe you're in a cycle of addiction or somebody you care about, and they think or you think you'll be in it forever. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, or maybe in Last but certainly not least, you need comfort. Oh, but this verse, I feel it works for anything that you ever might be going through. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is written, the breath, the breath of God. If you are mine. We hope you have been inspired to make it on earth as it is in heaven. For more information, please visit our website, 